This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Egerbo here with Graham Williams. We've got an awesome show. This show is dedicated to talking about the world of apps for smartphones, tablets, smart TVs. We've got it all. We've got uh, the hottest apps uh, for gaming, for creativity. We also have our weekly Hot 5 app countdown. This week, it's Hot 5 apps for adding text to pictures. I know that sounds kind of weird, but a lot of people like to add text to pictures. It's an important thing. I think we're seeing a lot more people uh, you know, engaging with memes yes. nowadays and, and captioning photos. So, yeah. We will also be uh, covering the latest features in iOS 12. This is the latest operating system you can upgrade your iPhone or iPad to. And, you know, if you do have an older phone or iPad, you will want to stay tuned for that because there is an important new feature that uh, you'll appreciate. Let's talk about some of the app news, though, uh, right now, Graham. Uh, this was kind of interesting. Facebook uh, is allowing you to target jobs based on gender. Yeah. So if you just want men applying, you can target them specifically. Which is a problem. It, well, isn't that illegal in it, most places? It, it's illegal in the United States specifically. There was yep. a Supreme Court decision back in 1973 that said you can't put out an ad that says, help wanted, men. That actually was the ad in question. Um, you know, now we're looking at ads from companies like Uber, uh, who are basically have put out, you know, tens of ads in the last little while. Um, you know, three of them didn't specify gender, one specified women, and the rest of them actually were targeted at men. And so this is kind of interesting. I mean, Facebook at its core is really, uh, the advertising on Facebook is about targeting separate demographics. But at this point, you know, the targeting of, of separate demographics, especially when we're looking at employment, that we're looking at uh, essentially discrimination based on gender. That's a bit of an issue. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna step back from there. Yes, you can't discriminate uh, on who is applying for jobs, right? Correct. Uh, however, uh, what if you were an employer and, for example, Uber, and you wanted to obviously have men and women, but your your ad for trying to attract women had a different look and feel because you felt that it would attract more women to apply? That's a good question. So is that actually legal? And being able to essentially use that gender uh, denominator through their system, you know, right now, according to the Supreme Court decision, probably actually illegal. Um, Is it unethical? Well, I I would imagine if you put two separate ads out and they were both, you know, in your uh, best efforts with data, appealing to those different gender groups, that might be more of a, a moral gray territory and perhaps a legal gray territory. But right now, they're clearly weighting their ads specifically towards men in the vast majority, and that seems to be a Okay, but so now taking that another step, okay, that was men and women, but uh, what if you knew that the type of job you were offering, um, I don't know if I can even say if that's legal, uh, would appeal more to millennials? Mm-hmm. Um, then you would choose things when you're doing your advertising on Facebook uh, you would choose uh, the age demographic that you want your ad to go out to, like 20 to 35. Yeah, and so, you know... And that's the, ageism. That is ageism. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually. There's a mayoral candidate in New West who has made the case um, that men over the age of 55 are actually a discriminated against group, saying that they are... Um, he's actually got a study that says that they are le- less likely to be hired for positions. That's an interesting case to make. So, you know, is there discrimination inherent in the system? And, you know, by having these mechanisms, is Facebook promoting that? It certainly seems like they are limiting access to certain jobs based on being able to uh, filter on these. How uh, would you even police that? Remove that, uh, the ability to target for certain things. But, yeah. Again, is it illegal? 
It's illegal in the United States. I, I'm not really sure based on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada. It, it seems like it would be, you know, yeah. uh, essentially, uh, you know, we're looking to be free from discrimination based on age, race, sex, uh, religion. Yes. So it would sound to me that, you know, if you're not actually making an equal effort across those categories to those groups, uh, perhaps you are actually then discriminating, which means that Facebook yeah, is but collaborating. Then how, yeah, how would you police that, right? Well, it's, um, I mean... Like you make one ad for men, one for women, for example. Yes. Because, you know, maybe women, not to be stereotypical, like it to be more pretty flowers. Mm-hmm. And the men, maybe there's trucks and stuff on it <laughs> <laughs> and tractors. Um, bad example. But you know what I mean? Like you're trying to really hone in on the target there. But if you do ads to both groups, like an equal amount, then that's not... It seems like it would be less discriminatory. Yeah. I'm not a constitutional lawyer or a charter lawyer, so I, I don't necessarily know. I really think maybe just maybe a truck and a flower bed would probably... Get everyone. That'd get everybody. Yeah, bad yeah. example. I'm sure I'm going to get emails <laughs> <laughs> on that. Uh, let's move on. We're uh, talking app news here on the App Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Google has launched a tool where parents can turn off their kids' phones remotely. Oh, my God. My, my kids would kill me. Just temper tantrum waiting to happen. Yes. Right? Um, this is aimed at, obviously, Android phones. Yes. So essentially being able to uh, disable access to certain things. Uh, so locking accounts uh, remotely. And uh, this is essentially, we, we have something similar on iOS as well with parental controls where you can set times where uh, you know users can be locked out. Uh, they can be locked out of certain programs. Um, and essentially, if they... if you know, teens are turning off this tool. You have to wait 24 hours for the phone to be unlocked unless your parents unlock it directly. So this is kind of a, an interesting way of parents ba- basically being able to say, you know what, we've got this screen time and uh, it's not something that we want you to have uh, lots of time dedicated to. Now, Apple actually, and we're probably going to talk about iOS 12 a little bit later, but uh, screen time is actually a new feature in there where in parental controls or you as an end user, you can go in and set time limits for certain applications. You can set uh, time frames where you can actually use an application. So Google and Apple are actually starting to really recognize the fact that we're spending a lot of the time with our heads stuck in our phones and they're giving people more tools to deal with this. I think this is a great idea. Well, we'll uh, keep on top of that and see how many uh, parents will actually know how to enable that feature and if the kids will let them or know how to turn that off. (laughs) Uh, Also in the app news this week, a Dutch judge concludes that self-driving cars need a driver's license before being allowed on the road. I think that makes sense, right? I've got to go through it. Does it? Does every car have to then get a driver's license or does like every category of car, like all Honda Civics? That are autonomous. It, it's kind of interesting because really when you look at it, it's, it comes down to the combination of software and hardware, kind of like us as human beings, right? Okay. We all have our physical capabilities and we have our mental capabilities. And it's the combination of those two things that allow us to drive on the road. Now, I, let's, let's actually sort of walk this one through. If you have a brand new, let's say, for example, Honda Civic that has self-driving software, the software should all be the same. Yes. Right? The code should all be the same. Yes. What could change there? Well, aren't they learning all the time? But they say that the, these autonomous cars are constantly learning from the road and you, but they, they transfer that knowledge to all the cars. That's right. Yeah. They all get smarter all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, so would you only have to get a driver's license for the one make of car for all of them? Possibly, but what happens if you get a Honda Civic, for example, that has a bad sensor in it? Its physical capabilities aren't up to spec. Well, then I'm sure that you'd get a warning and... 
have to take that in. Possibly, if the software can identify that. So perhaps the idea of testing these things on a regular basis, which is something they should be doing anyway, but now the government actually wants a chance to look at it at least once, like all of us, go through that driver's test, make sure that from their perspective, not just taking the company's word for it, but they're actually able to test that. And I mean, each individual car might seem to be a little excessive, but maybe that's actually part of the process. It could happen at the factory. But I think it's not a bad idea to go through a government-mandated process where there is at least one moment where we know absolutely that this vehicle is in tip-top condition and uh, can go from there. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Network. We still have lots more to talk about in the world of apps, but let's uh, get our iOS tip of the week. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What tip do we have this week, Graham? So this week's iPhone tip of the week is a little bit more about customization. And we've talked about this in the past, but I thought it'd be a good one to revisit. Uh, And that is creating a custom vibration for the people around you in your life. So if you've ever had your phone on the desk and it vibrates, or if you had it in your pocket and you get that buzz buzz, uh, you never really know who it's from. It's one of the reasons why I like my Apple Watch. You can just do sort of a quick flip and look at it and say, this is who that message is from. But now you can actually uh, create a custom vibration by going to contacts, selecting the person of choice, and going up to the top and hitting edit. You'll see a vibration option. Now, you can actually use all of the different vibrations that are there, but you can also create a new vibration. And the way that you do that is tap on create a new vibration, tap on the screen and the beat that you want the vibration. You can do long and short taps. And once you've got that set up, those vibrations will loop as that person calls or as that person texts, giving you the ability to know who that is just by feel. So that is this week's iPhone tip of the week. Create a custom vibration for the people that you love or perhaps that you don't. We've got more apps to talk about here on the App Show. You are listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. Well, if you are an iPhone or an iPad user, now is the time to upgrade. New iOS 12 is out. On the line, we've got Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup to tell us about all the latest and uh, greatest features. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Uh, Before we get into the features, uh, your overall uh, first impressions of iOS 12, do you think this is uh, worth uh, uh, most people to upgrade to? I think my big takeaway with iOS 12 is the simple fact that it feels much more stable and reliable than iOS 11 and iOS 11.3. Like Apple said that they were going to concentrate on stability, and that definitely seems to be the case. In terms of like flashy new features, there's there's nothing like, I I wouldn't say there's nothing significant, but there's nothing that like really stands out apart from screen time. It's really just a much smoother mobile operating system. Uh, again, before we get into the features, uh, you know, what I've uh, been seeing on the internet, uh, uh, a big thing is that uh, apparently it speeds up older devices right, right back to uh, the iPhone 5S. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from what I've seen, I, I, I myself haven't tried running it on older devices, but I know that um, just from anecdotal stuff from readers uh, in terms of what they've sent us, that iOS 11 in particular uh, was pretty difficult to run on anything older than an iPhone 7. People are running into slowdown issues, stoppage, problems like that. And with iOS 12, I think Apple's found a way to sort of optimize the operating system a little more and have it run better on older devices, which, I mean, isn't something that Apple really needed to do. So to the company's credit, that, that's a nice um, pro-consumer pro-consumer move, which isn't something we, we often see from uh, big tech companies, particularly Apple. Uh, 
Yeah, I know in the past uh, when I've upgraded, uh, you know, to the latest iOS on some of my older devices, uh, I definitely noticed the slowdown. So uh, I'm excited to try this out on some of my older uh, iPads and uh, uh, even my parents' uh, iPhone. So let's uh, get into some of the uh, the features. You mentioned one, screen time. Let's talk about this and yes. uh, uh, how important uh, it really is. So... I find screen time, I've been using the iOS 12 beta for the last little bit, and I, I find it a little scary because I don't think we really realize how often we use our phones right down to how often we pick it up and look at it on a daily basis. Um, so the idea behind the feature is um, Apple's trying to give users, I, I guess I would call like um, like an outline of how often they're using their phones. So there, there'll be the amount of time you've used Instagram or social media um, you can even go drill down into like specific apps that you've used, how long you spent using them, how long you spent playing games, how long you spent on Twitter, um, to try to give users an idea of how often they're using their phone. Um, and then there's also options to kind of lock you out of specific apps if you think you're using one too much. Um, and then, then there's, there's the parental control side of this feature as well, which uh, some people might find useful. Um, but in terms of screen time, I think it's really just to give users an idea of how they're using their device and maybe um, a way of using it more healthily. Let's uh, talk about uh, one of uh, the other uh, features. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to try this yet. Siri Shortcuts. Shortcuts is something I tried briefly back at, um, it was a couple months ago. I had, a, I think it was at WWDC. I haven't had a chance quite yet to download it because I've been busy uh, reviewing the, the, the Series 4 Apple Watch and the phone. Um, but basically, my understanding of Shortcuts is that it's a simplified version of this, this of if, this, then, that. Um, so you can basically connect uh, various, uh, I guess you call them like tasks that you frequently perform on your phone uh, into these Series Shortcuts, and it makes them happen much quicker. Um, and I, I believe that the feature just rolled out through a dedicated app, and it's not something that's baked into the operating system. You kind of have to go download an app outside of iOS 12. Um, but that's my general understanding of, of how it works. What are the, some of the other highlights of uh, iOS 12 uh, that caught your attention? Uh, one of the big things that I really like is group notifications. So you don't end up with a ton of notifications sitting in your um, in your in your in your notification tray, which was kind of a discrepancy between iOS and Android. So I think that's really great. It's quite useful. Um, that's probably the only other big one that stands out for me. I mean, there's also um, ARKit 2.0 uh, that's given developers, I guess, uh, to break it down, more power to, to work with augmented reality, and that's something Apple's been pushing the last little bit. Um, but generally, I, I've been really pleased with just the stability of it. Like, I, I didn't have a ton of issues with iOS 11, probably not as many as other people have had, but I did run into a lot of crashes, um, apps just not running as fast as they used to, or just I'd be trying to write a message in iMessage and the phone would freeze up. That's not something that I've encountered thus far with my experience with iOS 12. I've got a couple friends that have uh, talked to me already. They're pretty excited about uh, CarPlay, Apple CarPlay, and uh, now being able to uh, get uh, third-party navigation apps. You're not having to use uh, the Apple Maps anymore. You can use uh, Google Maps, for uh, for example. Yeah, I, I'm not super familiar with CarPlay because I, I don't have a vehicle that has CarPlay, but uh, one of MobileServe staff writers um, is really excited for that update because 
as many people know, Apple Maps is the greatest navigation platform. Google kind of has a, a many-year head start on that. Um, so it's nice that Apple's walled garden has kind of crumbled a little bit in that respect and they're, they're opening up CarPlay um, integration to third-party platforms. Did we see Group FaceTime come to iOS 12? Group FaceTime, to my understanding, is coming at a later date. It's not yet part of iOS 12. It's coming in an update um, eventually. That's the last word, I believe, from Apple on it. Uh, I actually have an iPhone 10. Uh, one uh, cool feature I liked was the the new uh, AR Measure app. I, I can basically use uh, my phone's camera to measure walls and tables and, and things like that. I don't know if you had a chance to try that out. I haven't I haven't tried that out yet, but I, I have used um, with the 10. I did use um, third party versions of that, so it's nice to see Apple kind of take what third party developers are doing and, and bake something directly into into the operating system. Um, and I could definitely see that being very useful because uh, I do think that's one of the issues with augmented reality is it's cool and some of the games are fun, but uh, I'm not sure the practical use case for the technology has yet, it just hasn't shown up yet. Um, but that's definitely a step in the right direction towards that, I think. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned augmented reality there. Uh, obviously, the measuring uh, tool is, uh, you know, one application of that. Uh, Apple is really pushing that uh, hard. Uh, they see that as uh, part of the, uh, I guess, future of, uh, of these devices. Yeah, one of the things with ARKit 2.0 um, is the fact that objects can now stay in, a, in, in the physical space. So if, if you're playing a game, um, and you moved an object on a table, you could then go back into that game and that object would be in the same place. That's something that Microsoft's HoloLens, uh, which has been around for a couple of years ago, uh, was capable of and was kind of a game changer. But now that's coming to uh, the iPhone and that's, that's millions of devices, right? So I think that opens up um, a tremendous opportunity for developers to create different kinds of AR apps. So I, I don't know for sure, but I think that feature in particular, as well as the ability for, for multiplayer games, two people kind of playing in the same AR physical space, I think those go a long way towards giving developers the tools to create augmented reality games that could be sort of the game-changing ones that uh, people are waiting for. Talking with Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup, all about iOS 12. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. No problem. Thanks for having me. Lots more apps to talk about here on the App Show when we come back from the break. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and Graham here. Before we get to our Hot 5 app countdown, which is Hot 5 apps to put text on your pictures, we've got our Facebook tip of the week. What is it, Graham? So this week's Facebook tip of the week is ordering food ordering takeout directly from a Facebook page. So one of the things that you can do with uh, sites that are actually compatible, and a lot of restaurants are starting to do this now, is uh, you can go directly to their Facebook page and look for the order food icon. There's a bunch of places in New West that do this right now. Uh, sometimes it looks like a, a plate with a bit of flatware on there. And when you tap on that, you can actually uh, go scroll down, Click through, you'll get their menu, and there's a select things of, uh, menu of things that you can order. Pop in your address, and you can actually pay directly through Facebook uh, using one of their uh, monetary processes to pay through there. So, that's so this it. is like skip the dishes type thing? Skip the dishes. So you can skip, skip the dishes. You can say just no to just eat and actually order it directly through Facebook if you want to. And how does it get delivered? Does the restaurant take care of that? Or? Typically, the restaurant has delivery service, so yeah. that's how they're going to be doing that. Oh, interesting. Neat. And so again, you go to the restaurant page on Facebook, look yep. for that little icon. Yep. If you're on the mobile app, tap the little hamburger and you'll be able to scroll down. You'll see order food and you can order food that way. 
That is fascinating. I didn't even know that. Now you know. Look at you. You're full of uh, great tips. Well, let's uh, see what's happening. Uh, the weekly hot app five. hot five. This week it's the hot five apps for putting text on your <clears throat> pictures. Yeah. Which people are doing lots of uh, yeah. on social media like Facebook, Instagram, etc. First up, uh, we have photo. Phonto. 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 Oh, I can't even read properly. <laughs> Phonto. And this is for Android. Yes, it is. And so this is a free app. So if you're looking for a nicely designed user-friendly interface, Phonto is kind of a good one. It's got 200 built-in fonts. Uh, so it makes your photos look very stylish. You can download more fonts if you want. And you can manipulate the text pretty much any way that you want. So adjust position, adjust color, opacity, align it left, right, justified. Uh, it's free, like a lot of Android apps. But uh, there's, there are ads in the app. And if you want to uh, add some of the additional features, you have an in-app purchase as well. Number four on the Hot 5 app countdown, we're talking about apps where you can easily add text to your favorite photos. Typic. I hope I'm saying that right. T-I-T-Y-P-I-C, Typic. It's for the iPhone. It's $5.49. This professional app does more than just caption photos. It helps you make posters, memes, quotes, and other cool image layouts. For your 5 bucks, you get over 300 cool fonts, 500 design elements, Neat light leak effects, and uh, you can even make Fujifilm Instax compatible images to print with an external Instax printer. Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown for putting text on your pictures, Salt. So Salt is from Android. This is free as well, and there are over half a million installs out there. Now, this is a very uh, business-friendly app, so basically it will allow you to add text to the picture simply by double-tapping on the text box. Uh, You can crop and resize photos. You can add watermarks to pictures in seconds. This is really great. A lot of people who use Etsy uh, who are putting up pictures of the stuff that they make use salt. So that is salt. Number two on the Hot 5 app countdown this week. Again, talking about uh, apps to easily let you put text on pictures. Who knew that so many people would be interested in this? Over. Again, it's uh, for the iPhone. And again, this one's $5.49. I don't know how they come up with that price, but they all seem to be that way. Design greeting cards, visualize ideas, tell stories, or supercharge your photos with 280 fonts, over 900 illustrations, and new content all the time. You can even pull stock photos here if you don't have a photo to start off with. There's a new template to play with every day with over, along with tons of add-ons that you can pay for when and if you need them. Again, that's over for the iPhone at $5.49. And number one on the Hot 5 app countdown for apps that let you put text on pictures is... Ovalea. And so this is actually a really strangely named one. When you go to type this in, it's actually O-V-L-A, but it's pronounced Ovalea. And so this is a very fun app. It's incredibly simple and very, very quick to add text to photographs. It's really neat because you can actually lay in 3D text in behind things, and it'll cast an appropriate shadow as well. So it's a very, very neat way of, uh, of creating text on a, on a picture here. It's simple. It's cheap. produces really great results. It's a buck 39. Ovalea. A buck 39. Yeah. You can't lose. Well, that uh, was your Hot 5 app countdown. Uh, Let's get our game app of the week. What do we have, Graham? The game app of this week is called Hold Down. So it's $4.49. It's available for iOS and Android. And if you like Dig Dug in the past, this is kind of like that. So you dig Dig down. I love Dig Dug. Dig down deep underground. uh, So you shoot balls, break bricks, and you're traveling down to the planet's core. So there's only a certain number of shots per round. And some blocks are actually fixed that so you can't shoot through them. So you've actually got to strategize and try to get maximum impact. 
and you're looking to collect as many crystals as possible so that you can upgrade so you can get deeper down all the way through. So there are six planets to dig through. There is an original soundtrack of kind of spacey music, and there's about five hours of gameplay. It's $4.49, iOS and Android, hold down. Hold down, like Dig Dug. If you love Dig Dug, you love hold down. Yeah. When we come back from the break, still more apps to talk about here on the App Show. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Still lots more to talk about on today's program. We're covering more and more uh, digital assistants now. They uh, are things or devices like uh, Amazon with their uh, Alexa voice assistant, Google, Google Home with their uh, Google Assistant, and of course, Apple has uh, Siri. They're kind of like voice apps that uh, help make our lives a little bit uh, better. Well, if you have an Amazon Echo, you're probably uh, familiar with all the different skills you can download. Uh, You can ask it uh, what the weather is, sports scores. You can have control devices in your home. Well, there's a set of new skills that allow you to tap into your insurance and even the yellow pages. To tell us more, we've got Shruti Shakur from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us, Shruti. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Although it doesn't sound sexy to uh, ask uh, Alexa about uh, your insurance, it's kind of cool if you've got (laughs) Manulife, right? No, it totally is. And I think it uh, is really beneficial for people who are working in companies. And um, if you're in any job and you have, you know, insurance, I think it's just an easy, quick way to figure out what you have left. And I think that's the purpose of this um, skill. And it's really easy to just install it and kind of work with it. I, I like this because uh, I never know how much uh, dental coverage I have left on my insurance policy, and I, I don't even know where to go. Like uh, being able to ask Alexa, that would be fantastic. So, what do people have to do to get this going on their uh, Amazon Echo device? So it's actually really easy. Um, basically, well, obviously you need to have an Echo Dot or any sort of Alexa device um, for obvious reasons. And once you download the app, you can actually search for skills. Now, it's very different because obviously in America and Canada, you have um, different skills that are available. So when you're in Canada, you can only search the manualized skill in Canada. So you search the skill and then you click enable. Now, one thing that you have to make sure is that you have it, you actually have a Manulife, um, I guess, uh, claim number or rather a, a, a policy number it's or whatever you want to call it, because it asks you to log in. So you kind of connect the account with the Alexa skill. And then once you have it connected, it's basically pretty easy from there. You just say, you know, open menu life benefits, or you say, Alexa, um, you know, what are my benefits? How, many, how, many, how much dental benefits do I have left? And it actually connects you to your, um, your, your benefits package. And, and it's, it's super simple, actually. And so what kind of things can you find out? So you can find out obviously like what your how much dental benefits you have left or your chiropractic chiropractor benefits. Uh, it, it really is you know there's not much you can do with asking Alexa on Manulife because there are only a certain number of things that you can do with my Manulife. But you know finding out how much coverage you have left. You know most companies have different levels of benefits that are allowed. So uh, whether you only have um, a certain number, amount of money that's left for the month to do uh, I don't know an R, R, RTM or RMT or whatever it's called, the registered massage therapist. So, you know, you could actually ask, you know, ask Alexa, can you tell me how much benefits I have left for RMTs? And she would actually be able to tell you, you know, you have, uh, I don't know, $100 left for the month or whatever, whatever benefit package you, you actually go with. Are you finding more uh, companies are, are doing this now to, to reach out to their customers? <laughs> Yeah, I actually think so. And and I was kind of scrolling through a bunch of the skills that were available, and I find that there are a lot of other um, uh, businesses that are using uh, 
skills or Alexa skills to actually connect with their customers. And I think it's because Alexa in itself, like the Amazon Alexa or Amazon Echo Dot, you know, those devices are actually growing in popularity. And I think a lot of people are actually having these smart speaker devices in their homes and it's just easier to, you know, instead of having to go on the internet, just be like, hey, Alexa, tell me how much Manulife benefits I have or, hey, Alexa, um, you know, what, uh, what, what do I have left for the month in terms of coverage? So I, I think I think there are there is a large demand, and, and if you do scroll through the skills in in Alexa, there are a various number of other skills that are available. Let's switch gears uh, and talk about yellow pages now. Uh, thank God I don't see this big giant uh, book appearing <laughs> on my doorstep all the time anymore. I mean, it it would be great if I could use uh, Alexa uh, to uh, I guess go through the yellow pages. Well. And it's just a bridging from that previous question that you asked me, you know, is there a popularity of businesses trying to reach out to their customers? And I think Yellow Pages is a very um, a smart way of doing it where you have companies that are latching onto Yellow Pages and, you know, you can do reviews, you can do find the best, I don't know, nail salon or the best sushi place because, I mean, who doesn't love sushi or Indian food or et cetera? But instead of actually, you know, why type it on your phone? Why waste my time on texting when I can just ask a Alexa, Alexa, what's the best sushi place that's available? But obviously, when you, it's the same concept with Manulife. You actually have to go in and you have to enable the skill, and then it'll ask you for your location. So let's say you're in BC or if you're in Ottawa or Toronto, uh, it actually you know, connects to your GPS, and then it searches much like you would if you were to go on the Internet and, and, and Google something, you know, best plumber that's available, I don't know, to fix your pipes. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I'm reading studies now uh, that uh, more than a third of U.S. homes have uh, one of these smart speakers uh, in the household, and they mm-hmm. say by the holiday season, uh, that could reach almost 50%. So, I mean, these things are really I- starting to gain steam. Yeah, I'm I'm really not surprised by that. I think that there's a lot of people who are just a lot more, I guess if you want to say tech savvy, they're finding it easier. Or maybe you could call them lazy. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to place judgment on anyone who does have a device. But I think that um, it is definitely growing in popularity. It's just so much easier to ask Alexa to do something for you. I mean, heck, I, I think I just uh, started talking to a bunch of people who are selling contact lenses, and you can reorder your contact lenses. I mean... It's it's literally becoming like you can have a skill for everything, and I think businesses are really taking advantage of that because I think they're seeing a lot of people wanting to use these services, um, and, and and that's why you have something like Manulife or something like Yellow Pages to actually you know cater to that audience. Well, if you want to check these skills out, you can go to your uh, Amazon Alexa app and uh, download the skills and uh, follow the instructions, and you're good to go. We're talking with Shruti Shikar from IT World Canada, our Amazon Alexa guru. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Graham, I know you have uh, an Amazon uh, Echo device as well. I've got a few in my house now. Uh, I'm surprised at how they've uh, proliferated (laughs) in my house. I, I thought Google was going to be the way to go for me. I still have, uh, I think, three of them in my house. And I find they're great for searching things on the internet, for search things. But the Amazon uh, Echo devices, they have so many more skills that you can download, uh, you know, for like smart home automation and games and and things like that. Uh, What are some of your favorite skills? Uh, Probably the one that I use the most, and this is kind of interesting because I've got a Sonos One, so it ties into my Sonos system through Alexa. But Multi-room music. Yeah, it's, it's heavy rain. 
And so, sorry, what? Heavy heavy rain. And so this is an app that gives you, uh, it's like a white noise generator. So you can listen to uh, a rainstorm. You can listen to a clock ticking. You can listen to a music box. You can listen to sort of wind in the woods. But what it does is it sort of gives you this peaceful background noise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is for the Sonos? Yeah. Well, it's for Alexa. Okay. So basically when you add the skill, it's called heavy rain. It's, It's usually on the front page of the Alexa app. Yeah. And when you add this skill, essentially all you have to do is say, Alexa, open heavy rain. And she'll essentially start to play uh, the the heavy rain sound of your choice. And you can actually go through and change that sound relatively easily. But if you like the sound of of rain or if you like white noise like that, it's actually really great to have. I've got a bit of a reading nook in my place. So when I sit down with a book, I turn on a rainstorm, even if it's a beautiful sunny day, and you get that nice comforting sound of rain. That is amazing. So that'll work on all the Amazon Echo speakers. Yes, it will. And you can do it on the Sonos as well. And the nice thing about the Sonos is you can then take that and move that as a multi-room audio piece. So you can push that to anywhere in the home. I love it. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. Yeah, it's really So neat. like rain and wind and... Yeah, so you've got, uh, you know, uh, thunderstorm sounds, ocean sounds, wind chimes. Uh, you've got city rain. So you can basically get the sound of city streets. <laughs> city rain. Um, <laughs> they have uh, white noise itself. Um, there is a box fan. So if you like sort of that repetitive, almost thrum of a fan... Um, city sounds, car ride sounds, distant train sounds. I live in New Westminster. I live about a hundred yards away from the train track. You, you don't need that. I've got close train sounds. You got, <laughs> we're, we're good on that front. Yeah. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to be talking about our fitness and travel apps of the week. You're listening to the app show here in the chorus radio network back after this. You are back with the app show. We've got a little bit of time left. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams. Uh, we have our uh, travel and our fitness app of the week. Let's start with uh, fitness. What do we have? The fitness app of the week is Argus. So this is a calorie counter, step counter. It's kind of one of those sort of do-it-all do fitness apps. Uh, it's got a sleep tracker built in, so it'll track your sleep habits, um, basically using the microphone to monitor your sleep. It's got a heart rate monitor, um, so you can basically use the tip of your finger on the camera. It uses the flash to eliminate uh, your skin, so you can see, uh, see your heart rate. It's got a pedometer, which, you know, uh, on the iPhone and on Android, we'll use uh, the motion sensors for that. Uh, multi-activity GPS tracker. This kind of this thing kind of does it all. Um, so it's free to download. Uh, there is a subscription service sells for I think about seventy five dollars a year. But uh, if you're looking to get into a fitness app with all of these features, Argus actually has some fairly nice reviews. So does this work with like the Apple Watch and like Fitbit and stuff? Uh, it will tie in with those things, but actually to tie in with Fitbit, you actually need a program called Sync Solver to bring that over into uh, into Argus that way. Sync Solver? Sync Solver, yeah. It's a $3 app that takes that Fitbit data so, and puts it into Apple Health. Why do I want to spend all this money on this app here when there's so many apps that are free? It comes down to coaching, right? So they, oh, a lot okay. of these apps, when they have these subscriptions, it's personal weight loss plans, it's, uh, it's, it's coaching plans. Basically, you take all of your measurements, you throw it back in, the system and the algorithm throw it back at you with what else you should be doing to be more fit. Got it. Right? You're so smart. <laughs> that was our fitness app of the week, Argus. Let's uh, get our travel app of the week. And this week it is... Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Isn't that a movie with... uh... Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? It is, but it's actually an app. And essentially, they're calling it a hotel club. And so the idea here is (laughs) that they go around and find the coolest places to stay all around the world. So they look at places, uh, hotels that are in caves, hotels that are underwater, hotels that are in treetops. And they go and they review them anonymously. When they find something that's cool, they add it into the Mr. and Mrs. Smith Club, and then you get reviews from other Mr. and Mrs. Smith members. Uh, it's a very exclusive way of getting access to the coolest stuff on the planet. 
they don't allow people to apply for access. They don't let people buy in uh, from, from a hotel standpoint. So this is actually a really neat way to find cool, crazy stuff. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. These are boutique hotels. Um, so if you're looking for a unique experience, and that unique experience can, again, be something adventurous, can be something uh, crazy. You know, again, underwater hotels, cave hotels. It can be a hotel where money is no limit. Okay. You know, so I want to spend $10,000 for an evening. They will find the hotel that does that. And so it's... Uh, and how much is this app? Uh, the app is actually free. How do they make money? Uh, they're making money. It's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a free app for wacky travelers who like to stay in caves Which is, and underwater. Which in a nutshell, really. I know. I bet you would use this. I have no doubt of that. I, I just found it earlier today, and I went, oh my God, this is a thing I've got to use from now on. So my next hotel, I'm going to actually book through this. Don't forget to listen to our sister show every Saturday here on CKNW and the Chorus Radio Network. It's called Get Connected. We've been doing it for 20 years, all about the latest and greatest in technology. Got a great website with contests going all the time, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a, a dash cam. So you'll want to uh, hit the website uh, and enter that. That's all the time we have left. Mike and Graham signing off for the app show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.